I'm I'll gonna... say it like it's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend, Dominic Shields. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you drove all the way up from Melbourne. And was, was this partially just to come for here and also just to have a little mini holiday for yourself? Yeah. I haven't had a holiday in like five years, so. I respect that. Yeah. So I was like, why not? I'm just going to drive. I'm going to drive for nine hours. <laughs> Did you do it in one day? Yeah. That's impressive. Thank you so much. I All or nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Well, I mean, I stopped off along the way and I saw weird stuff. I saw the big sub. <laughs> do you guys know about this? It's crazy. I saw your Instagram voice and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> what are these places? Dude, I don't even know. Like, I just was, I was looking on the map. The, like a couple days ago and I was like what's some stuff that I can see and then mm. a couple friends that came down for Melbourne um, Film Fest were like yeah go and see the big sub and I was like what the fuck is that and they were like it's a giant submarine I was just, and I'm I, like okay <laughs> that was all the information they gave me they're like you have to see it yeah. like we can't explain it to you I was like all right so I get there and it's literally <laughs> like a park like opposite a primary school with a giant ass submarine in the middle. Wow. Yeah, exactly. That's the reaction. Is like, mm-hmm, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a music, like a mini museum, a giant submarine, and a cafe and a skate park. Like that's it. Wow. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so people were like, this is a major tourist attraction. <laughs> Literally, there were so many people that stopped. To, like, get out and have a look. I mean, they were, like, older people and, like, families. Like, I get it. But, like, it was, like, me. I was, like, the medium age. Everyone was either, like, 85 years old or, like, seven. There was no... I was the in-between. So, you were the only one in their 20s going, this is... I was, like, this is sick. This is sick. What a cool thing. Took some photos and left. (laughs) I mean, like, isn't that just, like, pre... Like, that is clearly also just... Us not giving a shit. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it's also like major post-lockdown vibe. I know. I'm like, what can I go look at? A giant submarine? Fuck it. Yeah, may as well. I don't care. Isn't that the weirdest thing about like post-lockdown syndrome? Is that like Stockholm syndrome is completely different. (laughs) Sorry, you okay? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Almost said that instead. Um, No, like post-lockdown syndrome is kind of this weird in-between. Um And yeah, it's just kind of like, how do you process that? How do you go out into the wild? And I have no idea because I like don't leave my house. So it's like, I mean, I do, obviously I'm not a total hermit, but like, yeah, I haven't been on holiday for like five years. So I was like, I just want to see stuff. Like, Mm. I just want to look at stuff that I haven't seen before, like the big sub or or just like new. I think because our brain, we get so used to seeing the same thing every day Mm. and like the same locations and suburbs and whatever. And then when you have the opportunity to go out and like see something else, you're like, oh, what that? So you just like, you're just excited by it. (laughs) Do you you literally go up to everything and go, oh, what that? I mean, maybe. (laughs) I did the lot like yesterday. I was like, cool. (laughs) And it's like literally, it's just like inane stuff it was like a monument to i don't know like 1851 and i'm like yeah okay yeah cool 
why is that here? I think also it's like an innate curiosity of like the past. Yeah, yeah, Of like how did how did you get here? Yeah. Like why are you what's that? <laughs> I think it's more interesting when I see things that shouldn't be there. Like, not necessarily. Like, I feel like I'm more fascinated by things that, like, literally have ended up in random spots for no mm. other reason than they're just there and no one ex- can explain why. Yeah. Great. Um, like, like the, there was a ship in the middle of a forest and no one can explain why the hell it's there. Great. And I love that because I'm like, did a, like a tornado happen? Like, yeah. How, who put that there? Yeah. Why someone must have dragged it, but it's like you know hundreds of kilos like it's yeah thousands she's so. not light no <laughs> she hasn't lost weight yeah she's uh, empty <laughs> she's... um but no like i feel like you know that's the kind of process and then but yeah when i go and see things like i, I don't know i did a lot of road trips with my dad when i was younger mm-hmm. and i've done that whole like oh you know as a kid yeah but as an adult i'm just like it's a town i guess it's, so no, like it's nice i've got nothing to sneeze at for the people who live here yeah for sure um but you know like I, I guess, I, I, like, cool, it's a sub. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I guess also because it's like you've got, um, like, you've seen one small town, you've seen them all kind of thing. I know that they've all got their, like, own little kitschy thing or, like, their own whatever, their own little bit of, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I love that you used both hands like you're about to explain something. Like- yeah, and then I'm like, this is not a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> they can only hear my voice. So the... We'll have to do. <laughs> <laughs> Calling the horses in. <laughs> but yeah, they've got like their own little thing and you're like, oh, cool. Great. Mm. I don't need to stop at every one. I mean, you've got the world's best vanilla slice. They've got the world's best vanilla slice. Like I it's know. not. Like I was on the way here and it was like literally middle of nowhere. It was probably like 8 p.m. last night, middle of nowhere. And it was like world famous Devonshire tea. And I'm like, who to whom? I'm like, because it was literally like the middle of no, there was nothing there. It was like a highway. I'm like, who is coming here and saying these things? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I, so it was a very interesting drive for me. <laughs> I feel like that's a very American as well, because when mm. you drive in the States, there's a lot of world. World famous. Yeah. Well, voted best. Yeah. Number one. And I'm like, it tastes like garbage. But yeah. Sure. This tastes like a swamp, but thank you so much. <laughs> it's it's also like I feel, you know, and no offense to people who live in the middle of nowhere, but some of the food is really good, and then some of the food just tastes like they've scraped the off the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Or like the it's... grill has just solidified all the like gunk. Yeah. And they've oh. slapped it into a burger. God, I have such. I'm so upset. <laughs> Oh, that's heinous to think about. Um, yeah. It's true, though. It, it is. Yeah, some of it's great. Some of it's not so great. It's also like... It's uh, a hit or a miss. It's a mixed bag. It's, <laughs> but I also think if you have any dietary requirements and you're in the middle of bumfuck nowhere... Yeah, dude, I'm a gluten-free vegan. Do you know how hard my life is? Oh, my God. And I'm intolerant con- to, like, everything. My condolences to you. Thank you and namaste. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I... Uh, I respect, like, some of my really close friends are vegan. I'm like, okay, cool. But when you're gluten-free on top of that. Yeah. And I can't eat chickpeas, I found out this year. Have they got gluten in them? No, I just can't digest chickpeas, I think, or something. That's sad. Because do you know, do you want to know the number one ingredient in most vegan things? Yeah. Chickpeas. <gasps> and coconut. Two things I cannot consume. What? Yeah. It's ridiculous. My life is a joke. <laughs> this is, like, the worst time to be a vegan. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just solely for you. Yeah. I'm struggling. <laughs> like to, this morning, I ate leaves. I just had a nice bit of uh, fresh air for breakfast this morning <laughs> just to really get me going. Do you know breathitarians? Oh, they aren't the people that just are like, and yeah. they're good to go. Yeah. Hate it. I mean, like, I... I once had a friend trying to convince me that breathitarians was the, the reason I, I, you know, like a good way of life. I was like, how do you get your nutrients? And I'm like, oh, I absorb it from the sun. And I'm like. What, like photosynthesis? <laughs> I'm like, we're not plants. <laughs> like, please tell me. Just, you just know, eat from, some spinach or something. Please. Yeah, from a scientific basis, this is not how we work. How bizarre. I know. I mean, eat, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. Like, live your <laughs> life. But like, that's quite wild to me yeah i mean like because i've i i lived you know as a vegetarian for like two years and actually really preferred it over Mm. being a meat eater um i love cheese too much it's like my achilles (laughs) heel um and i just can't get into vegan cheese it's something about oh it's disgusting it's (laughs) it's because it's like it doesn't melt properly or it doesn't and it doesn't it has like it's it's like rubbery yeah, in like a weird and not like the American cheese kind of way. No. It's because like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Because it's like Macca's cheese. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like vegan cheese, you're like, oh. It's just sad as well because it, when you melt it, it burns. Yeah. It catches fire. Yeah, and you're like, great. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. and then you sit there and you go, oh, no. But I do love um like going, going to places and having like vegan or vegetarian food because um, it's so delicious. It's so good. And you're like, oh, a little treat for me. Thank you so much. Yeah. No. It's also because I'm lactose intolerant and it's like. Uh, My condolences to you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Achilles heel. And also like, I don't know. I just don't like meat that much. I like meat, but I don't. Do you li- not like cooking it? Is that like a No, thing? I. Mm, there's also problems. Because that's like a lot of my friends. They're like, I eat predominantly like vegan vegetarian at home, but then they'll eat meat outside of home because like someone else is doing it. Because they don't want to like either prepare it or they aren't comfortable cooking it or they just like can't be bothered. I mean, it is a lot of process and it's a lot of oil. Yeah. For, from what I remember. Yeah. yeah. Back. Back in the day. Well, I've been like, uh, I was, I became vegetarian when I was 14. So. Wow. Yeah. And I've been vegan since I was like 19. I'm 28 now. So quite I a while. I respect that. Thank you. It's yeah. crazy. You're like, <laughs> what, a, what a turn of events. <laughs> this is where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to backtrack us to the first question I'm, oh, I'm yes. going to ask because this is a podcast. <laughs> um, I'm going to get everyone, you to explain to everyone on the internet oh, no. who you are, Dom, and what you do. Great. Hi, I'm Dom. Uh, my full name is Dominic, but please call me Dom. It's, otherwise, I feel like I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic. No, mum. Um, <laughs> I'm an actor. I'm a writer. I model occasionally. I raise guide dog puppies and I have a pet sitting business. Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of things. You're a very big entrepreneur. I am. I I get bored easily, I think <laughs> is my... <laughs> I respect that though as well, but all the conversations we had, you're like aloof. I don't even think from the get-go you were like... Aloof? Me? Yeah. Mysterious? <gasps> I'm a real celebrity. <laughs> C-grade celebrity. <laughs> no, it's so funny when I messaged you the first time. You, your sheer level of, why me? Why well, talk yeah. to her? I don't know. I think it's a thing of like, nobody really kind of 
thinks that they're interesting. I mean, mm. some people do, like egomaniacs, I assume. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> or very confident people. Yeah, no. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, if you want to chat, we can chat. I mean, I just, I don't know what. To say. Yeah. Or I'm, do. I mean, look at me now. I'm trying to use my hands in a podcast. <laughs> I know. I can't, I can't help you there. I'm like, I'm like keeping hold of them. So I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> She's sitting there just going, mm-hmm, sit on those yeah. so I could not move. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's also really interesting because you run so many businesses, which is a very active thing to do mm-hmm. as well. I mean, like a creative thing to do. I'll, I'll put that in brackets, really. Um, what came first, though? What was like your childhood um, interest first? Was it acting, writing, the pet sit- business? Like yeah, when I, when I was seven, I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to have a pet sitting business. Yes. <laughs> No, I um, started performing when I was four and a half, so mm. Mm, quite some time ago. Um, yeah, I got involved in sort of my mum took me to because my brothers played sport, so she's like, "You need something to do, I guess, like help you make friends, like become a bit more confident, you know, like get out of your comfort zone, I guess." And sport clearly is not that. Well, I am not. I was bullied a lot in sport, so I really wanted to play hockey. But they bullied me out of the tryouts, like the team tryouts, because wow. they, yeah, they, I don't know, this was pretty savage. I was like 10 years old, insane. They were like trying to like knock my stick and like hit me in the shins and like, they were like, we don't want anyone new in the team. And I was like, oh my God, okay. Wow. Yeah. I was a state swimmer though. So mm. it was quite nice to kind of have a, like that was my outlet for a really yeah. long time. Um, but yeah, so she took me to this like community center thing. And they had like ballet classes or they had like a drama class. And I was like, dancing sucks, which I regret because ballet is such a beautiful art form and I really wish I could do it. I'm a giant, so I could never actually be a ballerina because there's like height restrictions or something, which I didn't know about. Isn't it like five foot? Yeah, I don't know. Like five, five. I I have no idea. Basically, you have to lock off some like feet. I have to, yeah, most of me. (laughs) (laughs) Count me off at the ankle, at the knees. Um... And I was like, oh, I don't really want to do that. That looks boring to me. And I'm uncoordinated, so it makes sense. Mm. And then, so I went next door and I saw all these, like, costumes and these people, like, running around doing all these, like, crazy things. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Mm. Like, that's my thing. And then I joined. And, yeah, we did everything. It was, like, like amateur theater. So it was, like, plays. It was musicals. I did cabaret for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they got me to dance a lot, which I wasn't very good at. So they put me at the back. Um because I was a giant um, and also uncoordinated. so <laughs> Just a giant and uncoordinated. I'm like a baby giraffe on roller skates has been the way to describe me. So Is that a self-description? Uh, no. <laughs> That's from <laughs> from others. That's what they used to say when I used to model. Wow. Yeah, they were like, you, you're kind of like a baby giraffe on roller skates. Because I don't wear high heels. Uh. So they're like, what's that? What are you doing? You need to practice this. And so I tried. And they're like, oh, my God. It's too much for you. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a nightmare, and oh yeah, Lord. it's very funny to watch. Uh, <laughs> so you did. You basically, your mum put you into sort of doing acting. Yeah, well, she didn't like force me into it. She's like, "Is this something that you find interesting?" And I was like, "Yeah, like it's really fun." And then I met my my best friends doing that as well. So uh, my best friend Emma, who I've known for like twenty years, we met there. When we were little babies doing amateur theatre, she's like, you're the only one that actually took it seriously. So that's why you're doing what you're doing now. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> Having a career. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did that. And then I was like writing stories and stuff when I was little. Mm. And kind of, I wrote that <laughs> my first ever published work was called The Magic Camel. <laughs> That's cute. It was very cute. So I wrote this story when I was probably like six or seven. And I illustrated it and I took it to my librarian at my primary school because she was like encouraging me to like do that. She's like, oh, I always see you like drawing in the library and like writing stories. So like the next one you do, bring it in and show me. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'll I'll give it to me and I'll have a look at it um, and then I'll give it back to you tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. So I came back the next day to pick up my work <laughs> from oh, the editor. Yeah. And she'd bound the book for me and like laminated the cover and she'd like displayed it in the library. So that everyone could see, and I was very embarrassed. So it was very cute, though. So I was like, oh, that's really fun. She's like, this could be something that you can do, like when you get older. It's what I'm doing now. (laughs) With two published books later. (laughs) So that was really cute. So I kind of been doing those things like my whole life, pretty much. That's like very creative. Yeah. I was a very creative, um, strange little kid. So I was always like drawing something or like making voices. And like I used to. Uh, my brothers would like game on like yeah. com- computer game or whatever. And so I, we had this like, what's it called? Like a boom box. Oh yeah. Like yeah. stereo thing. Um, so I used to get these like little cassettes and I used to create like, I don't even know what you were. It's like a radio show, I guess. <laughs> like these little stories and like little characters and stuff. And I would record them while my brothers were gaming. Cause the sounds would influence what I was doing and then we'd be like I'd get them involved and we'd be talking about stuff so it'd be like this little radio play that's cute so cute so annoying for them they're just trying to live their life playing like Grand Theft Auto and I'm like hello like in the back so being being the cute little sister I was an absolute pest I just wanted them to hang out with me (laughs) I mean fair please well because we're all five years apart so it's um Mm. yeah so it's quite it was tricky when I was little Right, so the, the, what, there's five years between all All, all three of, of us, yeah. So five between me and my closest brother and then ten between me and my oldest brother. Wow, that is very specific. Yeah, it wasn't intentional. Mum just did it <laughs> that way. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, like, kudos to having three kids and uh, being five years apart. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get a bit of a, out of the terrible twos. Yeah. Like, you get into the... Oh, okay, they're mature enough to yeah, understand they'll this. they'll do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they'll figure it out. <laughs> they'll understand that there's another one coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like, because, um, yeah, like, but that's great. I mean, like, it's, it sounds like your childhood was very similar to mine. <laughs> I remember, like, having the cassette tape, and which, by the way, when you said that, that was a flush to the past. Mm. Like, anyone who doesn't know what a cassette tape is and is a lot younger than both of us, <laughs> um, they were sort of this, you know. It was pre CD ROM. It was pre CD ROM, and you had like this, like, um, tape. tape in it, which had like film related, like chemicals on it, and it would record at a certain speed. It would get hot enough mm. to then able to imprint on it yeah. information. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's like how we used to record voices. They mm. sounded terrible because they were like, cheap and shitty and yeah, stuff like and that. And you'd be like talking so close to like the speaker so you'd be like 
I'm making a podcast. Yeah, I know. Like, whatever. Um, and But, yeah, it was like this cute little analog thing. And I used to record little audio books when I was a kid. I oh, used to cute. read my books into it. So That's really sweet. I used to do that, too. I, like, I was like, this is fun. Um, and look at you now. I know. <laughs> now I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> It's, it's it all checks out i know it really does although i did this thing and i don't know if you did it but on the way home i was like severely bullied as well so i i, I kind of like drama was my outlet mm-hmm. and i remember once on the way home because i when i was kind of like in year seven to ten drama was still pretty new to me because like obviously you don't have it in year one to six like yeah. and i didn't know what it was hmm. because it's like you don't. You just kind of go, oh, I'm creative, but what does that actually entail? Yeah, like, mean? like, like uh, <laughs> and I remember like making up stories by myself on the way home and mm-hmm. talking to myself. And as weird as that sounds now as an adult, I still do that. It's mm. like this little therapeutic thing. But I used to do all these voices, mm-hmm. and um, it really got me into like voice acting and doing. I love this. that. So it's like you know, you just do things, and I think it's like how you process things as a child, mm-hmm. and then you sort of like throw it into your adulthood, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's right, I'm still crazy. <laughs> but I get paid for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but someone likes to pay me for these wonderful yeah. crazy things. Yeah, um, yeah, but like it's nice though that like you kind of, and it's like you figure out what you like and what you don't like Mm. and you're kind of finding avenues to express who you are and the feelings that you have and then you're kind of able to see that it is a possibility yeah which is really nice and you're able to see like oh it's not just me that does that thing yeah there are other people and they're like oh my god they're successful at doing it or they're enjoying what they're doing so they're self-success yeah i I mean Do you, do you then sort of like consider yourself successful? I mean, like, because you know how people sort of validate what success is varyingly different. Mm. Do you think that you've kind of led a very successful life? I think so. I think because, I mean, it it all depends on how you measure success, right? So for me, being successful is being able to be creative every single day and then being able to do an art form every day. So that's what I'm able to do. Like I'm able to do things like this or I'm able to meet other creative people or I'm able to do a play or be in a film or do TV or voice acting or whatever it might be or I'm painting or I'm writing every day. Like so that's how I kind of measure my success. So I feel like if I'd said to younger me, Mm. this is what you're doing, like this is how your life's going to go, I'd be like, cool, that's nice. (laughs) Sick. Sick. <laughs> younger you would have been like, yeah. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm fine now. Yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, like because you, you know, you're doing something that you love and that brings you so much joy. Yeah. So I think that that's like an, not the only way, but a very important way to kind of measure your success and how you feel successful. I agree. As opposed to just being like, I'm earning X amount of dollars. People know my name. I'm in a magazine. Yeah. I mean, it's also like, it's it's kind of that discussion because you talk about like, you know, writing and, and, you know, everything. And I think that people, when they're younger, they they consider a lot of things of like creativity as being financially stable. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you don't start in the arts if you're financially stable. Oh, honey, no. No. Um, you do other side jobs to help yeah. make that. I have nine jobs. Hello. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, when, when you know, I still meet people today who are, you know, younger or older and they just go, oh, um, I'm not successful. And I'm mm. like, no, you are. Like, you're doing stuff. So, therefore, that is success because, um, yeah, it's it's people, you know, 
and and I think it's also we live in such a like a, a very hard industry in particularly mm-hmm. in Australia we you know it's not a very profitable industry mm-hmm. so a lot of us are making kind of like things together either for free or low pay or anything like that um, or you know however you approach work and then when you get the high pay gigs where it is very much you know like um, big businesses and, and they have a very specific structure mm. which might not allow for creative freedom mm. um, you still know that oh okay that money can help fuel maybe Something another creative yeah. adventure that I can do later down the track and I feel like these days, I think because of the pandemic and because of the lockdown and everything, people have sort of realised that that side exists more. Like you mm. can do both mm-hmm. because it was very much before the pandemic. Everyone was like, no, nah, I have to either be in the business, the big business, mm-hmm. or I stay in the indie crappy sort of scene. Yeah. I was like, they're both good. They yeah. both have pros and cons. Yeah. Like that's the, the, that's the reality. It's the nature of the beast, yeah, um, for sure. Like, did you feel like when you, you know, um, when you were writing or stuff like that, 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 you know, because did the writing stuff come out of lockdown as well to publish? Yeah. So I decided a few years ago that I was bored. (laughs) Classic. I'm realizing this is a very standard thing. (laughs) I mean, if anyone um, who knows me will be like, I'm bored every six seconds. But um, yeah, I was very bored and my brain felt bored so I was like I'm gonna go back to uni um and so I'm doing my master's of writing and so um I was like I don't really know like what I want to do I don't I mean I've always been interested in publishing and editing so I'd like to work in a publishing house that would be really fun um and then so with my writing degree I study every kind of writing ever oh wow okay yeah so like i it's so much content to know <laughs> so much content <laughs> um so we kind of had to do all these projects and stuff of like yeah. you know you can write whatever you want and i was going through a breakup at the time and i was like oh, i have all these feelings i don't know what to do with them here you go and they were like <laughs> they're like oh, well okay <laughs> girl you could <laughs> no um <laughs> so I wrote all these things down. I was like, most of these, I'm I'm never going to see the light of day, and they haven't. Uh, thank God. Um, <laughs> and then we, I was talking to one of my tutors about it, and she was like, "Oh, you know, like, have you ever considered going into self-publishing and yeah. kind of because I mean, getting your work out there is scary. I mean, in any kind of creative industry, it's quite frightening to mm. be like, here is something I have made, and here is all of who I am. Yeah, or part of who I am. Um, and then. I was like, oh, not really, but I mean, I'll give it a go. <laughs> so I wrote uh, Wither and Bloom. So that was the first book that I did. Mm. Um, and I think there's like, it's like 60 something pages long. I don't actually know. Um, and so I wrote that and then I kind of told some people about it. And then, cause I, some people uh, commissioned me to write some stuff for them before that. And they were like, oh, like you can do that. So do you want to do more of it? And I was yeah. like, sure. Um, so then I, yeah, self-published it. And people bought it and they seemed to really like it. I got a lot of fuck you, I'm crying messages uh, when people got their packages in the mail, which was quite Aww. nice. Um, and everyone was quite upset, but they did like it. Um, and then, <laughs> which was nice. And then they were like, when's the next one coming in? And I was like, give me a hot minute. So then I was obviously at uni and I'm like writing a fantasy book. And then I'm, that was like my other assignment, which is actually turned into a whole beast of its own, which is very frightening and then (laughs) and then yeah I wrote sink or swim and I finished it last year and then put that out as well this year actually oh my god this year what year am I in 2022 yeah yeah yeah. this year I put it out 
Um, and yeah, people have been reading it and enjoying it. And it's kind of exciting to see the evolution of the writing itself. Yeah. And to sort of see how obviously like having so much time in lockdown and having so many feelings and so many thoughts and so much going on, mm. um, like what came out of that. Yeah. And yeah, it was very interesting as well to see like my friends creative processes. So a lot of them like wrote all these like new songs and like did all this new music stuff and then were filming things and like educating themselves or like upskilling themselves during lockdown and like doing all these like beautiful magical things. Mm. And then you're like, oh my God. Yeah. What's going on? I love it. And then now they're measuring their success going back to that on the things that they've been able to do since then. And they're like, oh my God, I've like, I went from here and now I'm here. They might not have booked a big job or anything, but they've made a short film that they're really proud of. Or they've done like a vocal thing that they're really proud of. Or they've written something that they've sent me. Yeah. Or whatever. So it's like, it's very exciting. That's great. I mean, like I... (laughs) I'm 100% with you on that because, I mean, like, value of success. Um, and they, and it's a conversation I have very regularly with, mm-hmm. with Emily. We sort of, like, <laughs> sit down and have this sort of, like, uh, you know, probably once a week deep and meaningful, like, what's, like success and, you know, and, and self-reflection of our careers. Um, but I remember, like, you know, between the – especially the pandemic, I really just didn't have anything. I was like, oh, all my projects, like, I had this short film that ended up going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And – like the pandemic, I felt like it was the best thing that happened to that because, like you, I was going through a big breakup, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, this needs to go on pause because this. But I've invested like a year and a half into it. Yep. How do I kind of just go? This is on pause for the next however long, while. and um, yeah, the pandemic happened, so it meant I had to shut down. And yeah, the podcast came out of this, and you know, and doing the thing. But I think it's like it is that self reflection when you can sort of like a breakup does. I think really kind of kick you into gear of doing mm-hmm. stuff as well. For sure. Um, because it's a really good time to really reflect on life. Mm-hmm. I guess life choices and life decisions, um, not through that other person, but more through how you handle situations in mm-hmm. that relationship and what you could have done and how they treated you or however you treated yeah. them. Like I think um, – I, I don't know. I always get very, this is my, this is my two cents for people who have been in relationships. If you've only had one, mm-hmm. please have more. <laughs> like, yeah. Please have a variety. Cause one is, and I feel like people who've only ever dated once. Yeah. Haven't really kind of got a sense of who they are entirely. They've yeah. Either, or they're very affirmed of who they are. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, you could be, I completely know who I am. This is me. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I have been dating since I was about 17 and there are so many relationships that I've had. I'm like, oh, this really kind of like changed me mm-hmm. and really made me go, what do I like about myself? And what do I don't mm. like about myself? And yeah. how do I want people to see, like, especially with a partner in my life, it's like, how do you want people to see your partner? Because I've dated people that my friends didn't like mm-hmm. and they've gone, that was a shit person to date. <laughs> they've told me how the get go. And my mom is a high critical of character. Mm-hmm. And even she was like, no. Shouldn't have. Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> that person's terrible. Don't date them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel like that's always kind of like a wake-up call mm. as well. I mean, did you find – do you find that with in terms of your creative, like, notion as well on how to self-reflect as well over the time? I guess so. So it's sort of like you're figuring out 
who you are separate from that. I mean, like you said, some people are really good at being able to be like, this is who I am. This is my stuff. Yeah. Off I go. And then some people, so the relationship I was in, the, the we were together for seven years. Wow. Yeah. So we started dating when I was like 18, nine, uh, 19. Wow. So that was a big. Yeah. So that was like, we grew up together. Like yeah. it was our bit first, like for both of us, our big first relationship. Like we still have a lot of love between us. Like we still hang out and like we still chat and stuff. It's beautiful. That's very wholesome. Love you. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like a very defining moment in that period of time because you know a lot of I I was seeing a lot of my friends go through those things so like getting into relationships breaking up sleeping with whoever and however many people they wanted to go off sis but I was like in this long-term one person very happy um sort of situation until you know we weren't able to sort of keep dating anymore and that was fine um but then yeah you kind of like oh fuck like my whole like mm. you were my life for like we saw each other every day like we lived not that far from we lived like 10 15 minutes from each other so it was like we were always together not in like a suffocating way but it was like we were always together we were always like hanging out doing stuff our friends were combined mm. um so yeah it was it was sort of like a very strange and because it was the first breakup as well that mm. i'd sort of had um as a adult i guess <laughs> air quotes adult (laughs) um you know you're kind of like oh my god like what the fuck is going on like i have no idea yeah like the world is spinning in a different direction like i have no idea what's going on and so you're kind of trying to recalibrate your own life i suppose and you're trying to recalibrate like where you sit because you were in a pair for so long and you're like what's what's it like now like the world is scary what what's out there i don't know (laughs) <laughs> i still feel that now my god what's out there i know <laughs> but yeah you kind of it, it does kind of get you to be a little bit introspective or well, maybe in my case a lot introspective i wrote books <laughs> about it but like um you kind of do think about these things and you are sort of using that time to obviously like you know heal from this big mm. life change and everything and you're kind of figuring out all these different things but it's also like oh okay yeah I don't know how to describe it. You're just like, oh, like it's, I mean, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Yeah, I get that entirely. And I think, yeah, like it it happened to one of my friends. They were together for like 15 years, Mm -hmm. 14, 15 years, like since they were in high school. And um, yeah, when that breakup happened, because I'd known both of them for like, or four or five years, Mm -hmm. it was kind of emotionally destructive for the group. Yeah. Like everyone had a, a, you know, a cry about and yeah. a weird, and everyone's got an opinion, whether it's a good or bad. Opinion yeah, I know. As well, um, and but it was also like it was one of those relationships that like it didn't end well, mm. and I think it it could have ended better. Um, <laughs> Don't mind me, I'm just re rejigging myself. You can comfy. Yeah, I'm gonna let you get comfy. Sorry, I like to sit like a pretzel, like I I pretzel myself in. I love that. That's great. Sorry, um, carry on. I am. Just, I'm actively listening. I know. It was more just that. <laughs> thud uh, sorry everyone um yeah it was like a huge you know huge breakup and i think um you know it was a very messy one and i think that really kind of shifted a, a little bit whereas mm-hmm. i think it was, it was a very clean one mm-hmm. i don't know it was you know when you get to a certain point of relationships in time mm-hmm. it's so hard to keep them always clean for sure uh, like and be like oh yeah definitely this is 
appropriate this breakup's gonna work like mm. nothing flawless it is going to works that no. way no <laughs> and because that was like with us we were like um you know we're very much in love with each other and it was just sort of like I, I don't know like we kind of I think we needed to break up to kind of grow up a little bit in like mm. our own sort of way and figure out ourselves a little bit more so that we could become adults <laughs> loose loosely um yeah i was about to say yeah I'm, I'm a giant child <laughs> <laughs> but you know i think it, it was sort of if we if we were still dating now i don't think it would have been a very healthy yeah. thing because we wouldn't have had that time to grow up and we've spoken about this him and i you know that it, like it sucked so much at the time and it was like oh we should get back together like this really i miss you so much and then it was like yeah same but also no. <laughs> yeah. So it was very like it was a bit it was a little bit messy for a while and then we we're just like, we need to become our own person and then we can become friends and then we can see what happens. Yeah. And now we're just now we're friends and it's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean it, it is always like you need that separation before you can kind of like Oh yeah. Wander back into each other's lives and be like, this is totally normal. Yeah. I mean, it's still sometimes a little bit awkward because you're like, oh, I don't really know like how to, like when we first started hanging out as friends again, we're like, oh, I don't really know like how to behave around you. Like it was a little bit like a first day. Yeah. And it was like, it was, it was quite cute because we were both just like, oh, hey, how are you going? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> but now I'm just like, hey man, like, yeah. you? like, what have you been up to? Like, what's your dating life like? Like, you know, little things like that. And then. Yeah, it's just funny because it's not out of a place of obviously like, you know, I want to know what you're doing, like blah, blah, blah. That's absolutely insane. It's more <laughs> just like, how are you doing? Like, are you happy? Like, I want to know that yeah. you're okay. And if you're ever not okay, you can tell me. Like, yeah. I mean, he sent me a message the other day and he was just like, hey, I've got some tickets to this show. Do you want them? And it was like this total out of the blue, like I hadn't spoken to him for a while like message and I was like oh I'm actually in New South Wales he's like oh my god tell me about it he's oh. like what are you doing he's like why are you up there and I was like why aren't you going to the show he's like oh it's just a footy thing and I'm like tell me about it so it's nice that you can kind of come back to that like friendship yeah. place yeah because that's how we started we were friends and then ended up dating for a very long time oh yeah this is very wholesome yeah it's very wholesome now it wasn't so much <laughs> when it was like a turbulent time like it was a little bit Touch and go for a moment. <laughs> yeah, no, that's always fair. I mean, like, I, I think out of all my exes, I'm really only friends with one. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it doesn't always work. And and look, it's not for the lack of trying. Like, mm. my brother's the same as well. I think he's ha he is friends with, like, two of his exes. Mm. Um, he's better, though, than, um, than most people. I think it's because also, though, like, we were always friends with, you know, the person before mm -hmm. we dated. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's and it, important, I think, for like healthy relationships yeah. to kind of flourish that way. Because if you just kind of, I mean, you want to like them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like it's one of those things that's like I can be attracted to someone mm. and like, I'm not kidding. I've had one night stands and everything, but mm -hmm. like, I definitely think that in terms of longevity. For sure. And if I want to date someone. Yeah. It's like. I have to really know them because mm. that's an entirely different thing to be like, oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. yeah, let's know each other and let's actually talk. And then, because I've, I've definitely been on like, you know, uh, the wonderful worlds of app dating and they. Oh, uh, I haven't. They're terrible. I'm don't, frightened of don't, them. Don't, don't. It's just because people don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> and also, this is going to sound like so bad, but I feel I'm the ultimate 
not the ultimate, but I'm a giant catfish because I know, like I know for a fact that if I have makeup on, I look like a normal human being. Like I get that. Confirm or deny. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> you had it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but like 90%, like most of the time I look like a, like a, someone's 12 year old little brother. Like I'm not like, cause I, if I, you know, like put in effort, people are like, who the fuck is that? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I get it. If I do yeah. my hair, my God, the world will end. <laughs> but like, but it's just like, and then people meet me and they're like, you don't look like that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know, babe. I am aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware I don't look this good. Yeah. But do you want to know why? Because I didn't have a team. I didn't have I, a, know. I didn't have someone else doing all of this for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's always like the way um, about... Because I, I, I do want to bring us on to modeling as well. Oh, you God. Know, like, I know okay. I, it's a horrifying topic. <laughs> um, but I do think that out of the years that I've done photography, my dad's a photographer. Like, okay. um, so he used to work for, he used to work for magazines. He did band covers and, oh, beautiful. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been, you know, multiple celebrities. And he says like the nicest ones to work with were like David Bowie and mm. Robin Williams, um, you know, the ac- actor and comedian who's, yeah. um, and he was like, these people are just great because they're actually nice and they're human. Yeah. They're not just an asshole <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I also think that then he worked for Lonely Planet. And so my dad's very good at dealing with people and a mm-hmm. lot of different personalities, mm. which, you know. It's very tricky. It's, it's very it's tricky. It's such a hard skill to have, like a genuine. Yeah. And it, it's so funny because he's the opposite at home. When he's at home, he has no idea how to deal with anything. <laughs> Outside, when he's in work mode, he's great. And I'm like, how the hell are you two different men? <laughs> um, it's like chalk and cheese. You just yeah. don't, you know, I'm like, what? Um <laughs> But yeah, it's. It, it, I think with modeling, especially, it's something that I'm very sort of very regiment on, especially when I do photography and mm-hmm. stuff, is I don't augment photos. Uh-huh. It's like in terms of skin, you know, I might like remove acne if it yeah. looks completely like this, the person is behind. Please just fix just, my yeah, skin. Just this little one. Just this little <laughs> acne. But I don't sit there and just go, you know what? I'm going to... Ag- I'm going to airbrush you. Yeah, yeah, and augment how your waistline looks. And, you know, yeah. it's... That's the side of modeling I hate. It's very damaging. Yeah. Like, how did... How old were you when you went into it? Um. So, I kind of fell into it, actually. Um, from a great height? From a great height. My giraffe and roller skate situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> collapsing and falling into <laughs> it. <laughs> um... I was studying in LA when I was 21, um, which was wild. And then I, we were, we were having this like dinner thing. And then one of my mentors was like, have you ever thought about modeling? Such an LA thing to say. Um, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about modeling? Um, and I was, I was like, like, no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, not really. And they're like, oh, we should give it a go. Like, you know, like you've got, you know, I had really long hair at the time. So I looked very different. Um, they're like, you know, you've got very long hair. It's so like very beautiful hair. You've got you know, like a look about you, something interesting going on. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, and, you know, you're quite tall, so you could got like quite a lot going on. <laughs> um, I love that you used a lot going on twice. <laughs> like I mean, just re- reaffirming. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, okay, like whatever. And so I was traveling around America and I was like looking for stuff to do. So I applied to <laughs> to be a hair model. A hair model. Hair model, yes. Everyone thinks I say hand model, and I don't really know why. 
but I'm, I was a hair model first. Um, so I kind of fell into it that way. Um, and they cut off all my hair. They dyed it bright red and I had a David Bowie mullet for two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. It was great. It was like, it was such a fun haircut and they like, I got a lot of work up here in Sydney doing hair modeling because Mm. they are into quirky little things like that. So a lot of photo shoots, like runway stuff, a lot Mm. of like sitting on stage while someone's cutting off your hair and bleaching your eyebrows. Like it's a whole situation. Yeah. So the last time I was here, actually, I had my, it was like, there is not even a color in this room that I can kind of describe to you. Maybe that like fox color. There's like a, you guys can't see this, but there's like a painting of a fox. Did you do that? No, my, one of my best friends did. Oh my God. It's fantastic. I know. She gave it to me for a birthday present. I love it. I love it too. It's so sweet. So like the color of the fox's fur, that's Mm -hmm. what color my hair was. So for those of you listening at home, think of a uh, fluorescent highlighter in orange. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So that, like it was bright. And then I had no eyebrows. (laughs) <laughs> they just bleached them blonde. It was an absolute look. I'm not going to lie to you. But they didn't bleach them back. Uh, sorry, dye them back for when I went home. And I was, I mean, I am still very pale, but I was a lot paler then. So it was like, I was like white, white. So you were, you were essentially just reflective. It was a lot. So I, and yeah, there was so much going on. <laughs> I can tell. Like, and you're... I like got off the plane <laughs> And I like landed at home and I'm waiting. My mum came to pick me up and I had no eyebrows, flaming orange hair, flaming orange hair. And it was like, it was a look. And she, I like knocked on the window for her to like, let me in. And she's like, oh no. Like she's waving like no at me because she thought I was just some random trying to get in the car. And I was like, roll the window down. And she was like, oh my God. So she's like, yes. And I was like, mum, open the door. And she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Who's this, my child? She was like, what happened? Because I had like a hoodie on as well. So I took the hoodie off and she was like, oh, my. She's like, it's bright. (laughs) So, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time. But um, modeling had its positives and its negatives. I'm not going to lie. It was Mm. a very... educational experience i suppose there were a lot of parts of it that i loved and i still love to this day i love creating things i love making stuff and i love artistry and i love watching people create these you know different worlds and sets and costumes and hair and makeup and stuff i love it it's so fun but then there's also like the dark side to modeling that i don't appreciate so um there was a long when i was doing runway stuff I mean, it's not it's not done as much anymore, if at all. I'm I'm not too sure. I'm probably I don't know. I haven't been in that world for quite some time. Mm. But they would stand there and they'd pick you apart, and so they'd like pull on you and be like, too big, too small, less, more. Mm. You know, like different things like that. And you know, you had to be a certain size and you had to stick within measurements. And thankfully, a lot of modeling has moved away from that because it's very, very detrimental. It's very, very harmful, and it's very, very gross. Um. And very, very uh, mentally taxing and Mm. uh, damaging for a lot of people, especially young people that are getting into it and then, you know, experiencing all these things. Um, But, yes, parts of it were very, very hard um, and very, very upsetting. But for the most part, it was was a big joy. So Mm. I still enjoy doing it and it's very fun and it's, you know, I get to work with some very interesting people and 
see some very interesting <laughs> ideas come to life. And, you know, I've had amazing opportunities because of modeling and mm. I've got to work with some amazing brands and some amazing people and every and see some like amazing places and stuff. But yeah, it's not really something that I do as much mm. because I'm like old now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old and yeah. ancient. Which is like crazy to say, but mm. for a lot of the, a lot of things they're like, oh, I mean, I don't really understand. I mean, I look 16 most of the time, so you tell me. Um, but, yeah, they're like, oh. I was about to say six, but, you know, just take yeah. the one off. Um, <laughs> Very tall <laughs> six-year-old. Hello. Um, but, yeah, like a lot of the time people are like, oh, you're just like you're outside of the age bracket. Yeah. And I'm like, but I have a baby face. What do you mean? I, they don't know how old I am. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's It's crazy. Yeah. But it's very fun. I love it. I think it's just a, it's a crazy job. I, I it's an it's an odd job. I, I think it's mm. also like um you know especially when you know people are young, you know, they think it's very glamorous. Yeah. And I think it's cuz we show the glamorous side of it. Mm-hmm. Um but, but it's very hard. And I yeah. think that's a, a misconception a lot of people have. Like when I f- <laughs> and this just goes to show what having older brothers is like. But when I first started modeling and I was kind of doing it more regularly, my brothers are like, what do you do all day? And I was like, what? And they're like, do you just like stand around? They're like, what do you, what, what do you mean? (laughs) And they're like, we know you, like you're not a model sort of thing. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) It's like, we don't know what you do, Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. They're like, it, my brother says this to me even now. He's like, it genuinely amazes me that people pay you money. To like, for like how you look. And I'm like, don't worry, it shocks me too. <laughs> Isn't that the weirdest thing as well? It's like, you know, the the world and what we value. <laughs> mm. But it's also just like, because he's like, I know you. And he's like, you look like a, a foot. He's like, I don't get it. Obviously, like, sibling love. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, it's just so, he's like, I tell people you know, like my sister's an actor and a model and they have this image of you in their mind. And he's like, you know, they, like people at his work be like, oh, you know, do you have siblings? He's like, oh yeah, I have a brother and a sister. Oh, what do they do? And then he's like, you know, I go into it, blah, blah, And he's, and they're like, oh, like what, what do you mean? She's a model and actor. Like, can we see? Like, what's some of that work? And then he'll show them and they're like, oh my God, crazy. You don't look alike at all. And he's like, I know. And then he's like, but then I see you. And you look like you've been dragged through a hedge backwards. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, it's honestly like so wild to me. This makes my brother sound really mean. He's not. He does love me, I promise. But he's like, he's like, it's just so crazy to me because obviously like you grow up together and you see. Yeah. I mean, even if it's like a friend of yours, like some of my friends are like models and I'm like, but I've seen you in like all stages of your life. Yeah. It's so crazy to me that this is a job that we have. I mean, obviously you're hot, like I get it, but like, <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's so strange. I th- <laughs> it's true as well. And I think it's like, it's interesting as well because of the way it influences, you know, because I, I do know some um, young people who are sort of very like, you know, in that 15 to mm-hmm. like 14, 15, 16 age bracket. Uh-huh. And they're very like looking up to all the women going, mm. they're very glamorous. They're very sexy. Yeah. And I'm like. Yeah, there is that aspect, but don't think that 
they look know, like that all the time. All the time. Like, yeah. you're allowed to be messy. You're allowed yeah. to, like, look like You're allowed like a, to be a human being. Yeah. And it's very important. <laughs> um, and I feel like we forget that, especially with modeling, the way it reflects, mm. because it's all about, you know, not looking, you know, like looking glamorous. But then what does glamorous mean? Because mm. I remember, like... Um, you know, the, the first time I, uh, the second time actually I ever got headshots, one of my amazing friends, uh, Claudia Butters did it and she, I went out to her place and she was just like explaining to me like, okay, so lean back, but I know this is going to feel uncomfortable, but it will make your posture look good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, had my arms back there yeah. looking really strange. And I was like, <laughs> this hurts. And she was like, and showed me the phone. I was like, Oh yeah, that does look good. Yeah. Why does that feel like contortion though? Yeah. That is literally like yeah. I we put ourselves in weird uncomfortable positions for angular benefit. I yeah, guess. I know. But yeah. it, it's it's because the camera the way a camera perceives information mm-hmm. doesn't you know look natural if we are in a natural yeah position it doesn't sure. look because it just look yeah it looks more bizarre to be nor- like, normal normal or natural it's like symmetry yeah it's like you gotta sort of feel symmetrical or at least within the lines yeah, of the field but you're not because <laughs> you're like you're in the second third or like i know whatever. yeah um and i find it fascinating because like having done and and that's why like as a photographer i go through all my photos and i go i hate that one i hate mm. those. I'm just overanalyzing everything <laughs> And, um, you know, whether, whether I've worked with friends who are models or not, um, and like, I think the thing is like always trying to, it's such a trial and error when you're a photographer yeah. as well, because you've got to work with people. And it's, I think it's also, you know, I, I think people go, oh, they're a great photographer. And then you go, oh, why did you take like 400 photos? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're only going to get 10 or 20 of these yeah. because I hate the rest or this was a trial or this was, you know, but they think that because when you take so many, it's like filming, mm. when you do so many takes, they don't understand the technical aspect that yeah. has gone into the process of what you're thinking. And then For they, sure. um, and then when, <laughs> I love this when you give people the photos and then they upload the ones that you don't like and you're yeah. like, yeah. And you're oh. like, cool. Thank you so much. That's just my work out on the line. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay. I hate that one. I hate that one. Oh, that one has not been color graded. Oh, that's great. Oh, uh, they've edited it um, themselves. Some right? of some I've sent images to some people and they've gone through their own, like, you know, like low I mean, res JPEGs. I'm yeah. like, sure, go for it. Live your um, truth. <laughs> but, you know. Do you find it hard to direct people? Sorry, this is the interview's <laughs> turned. Well, in general. Well, I mean, sort of in like a photography way, like, do you find, I'm, this is just a heads up for you. I'm a very lazy model because I like to lounge. Oh no, I, I love directing people. Well, because I do directing, like I do, I do. So it's something that you sort of, yeah, you feel confident and you enjoy doing. Yes. Great. (laughs) Sorry. That wasn't like a criticism. I was just (laughs) genuine. (laughs) That was a genuine. Um, No, I love directing people. I think it's also like, um, I've been obsessed since I was a kid. It's one of those things that I just love. It's um, why I think it's because I like telling stories and I like, Great. but I love people. Mm-hmm. I'm a, such a people lover, um, mm. always have been. Um, and especially because like I was talking with one of my best friends the other day and we were talking about like um, just, you know, female filmmakers and everything and just sort of our praise for it. And I was talking to her and being like, I would love to just have like a 99% crew where it's just women like mm-hmm. you know like a massive 
conglomerate. Yeah. Um, but I also just think that, like, I grew up with female friends and I grew up with, like, so I'm very used to that, like, you know, energy on mm-hmm. uh, in my day-to-day life. And I, I find people very easy to write because, you know, it's like that social experiment when you're a kid where it's like if you can talk to the opposite sex, mm. I life becomes so much easier because you realize everyone's human. Mm -hmm. Like, whereas I think from a stigmatism, like when we're kids, we're told that we've got to be in these gender boxes and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think now that I'm an adult and I have never fitted the gender box at all in my entirety of my life, Mm -hmm. uh, which is fantastic. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it does make directing very easy because then I'm just like, oh, okay, you do this, you do this. You're a person. Yeah, you're a person, you know, like you're a hunk of meat. So (laughs) go and do that. But I mean, like it literally is like the funnest thing to do. And I Mm. think, um, you know, and then there's, depends on people, how good they are at taking direction. Yeah. That's your another Kelly's heel because Mm -hmm. if you're very good at giving direction, but people don't want to hear it. Tricky. Yeah. Somewhat it's, tricky. It's so tricky. And I've worked with a lot of actors over the years and some like have definitely told me, it's like, oh, no, I don't think you understand. No, you're like, oh. and I'm like, that's wonderful. I'm sure I don't. <laughs> sure. I've. <laughs> but also let's just give this a go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I've sat in many meetings where I've been told that, uh, you know, that, oh, um, I don't think you understand the script. And I'm like, what, the script I wrote or the script I've been working on for a year? Yeah, sure. I don't, I've I got no idea. Yeah, I just read it two minutes ago and I, I was like, oh, this is a great piece of art. Uh, Let's give it a go. Yeah. So I've, I've definitely worked with that side of the the chord and, and the ball. Like, do you, what do you enjoy about being directed or like, you know, what what's, you, throwing it back at you, what do you enjoy about the art? Well, I think like, I enjoy the... I love it so much when you go into a room or you go into a project and people are like, okay, show us your interpretation. Yeah. And then we'll sort of have a moment to kind of like think and dissect and digest that. And then it's like, what is it that I've missed? So like, what did I not see or what did I not maybe have a look at in my process or whatever? Yeah. And like, how can we then... So then, you know, can you show us this? And then it's like, oh, okay, you showed us this, but you also showed us that. Mm. So let's find, it's just sort of like picking pieces and working as a collaboration, which is quite exciting. And a lot of the work that I do is is that way. You know, I'm very, very lucky with the people that I get to work with and the people that I know and, you know, the the creative people that I surround myself with. It's It's very collaborative and it's very much like, let's just have a go. Like, let's have a play. <laughs> Like, let's just see what we've all understood from this thing. Yeah. And then let's see how we can bring some other stuff into it. So I think that's very exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes directors are like, I want this and this only. And you're like, okay. (laughs) I, yes, I am the puppet. You are the master. Let me give you that. And then it's fine because it's like, they've clearly got a very strong vision and that's okay. And they want a very specific thing. So you give them that. They're happy. You're happy. And you've gone into it understanding that you're not like, oh, this is a collaborative project. And they're like, no. And then you get upset. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very collaborative person. I always have been. um, But I have definitely worked with people who have, you know, like a very singular vision, Mm. which is fine. I think it's also because I was an editor. Like I've edited a lot of short films. Uh And... um, Every time I, I always seem to have clashes with directors who have a particular vision because then I have to tell them, 
unfortunately that they haven't covered that vision in the yeah. actual shots. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's my favorite thing to do because then they tell me how wrong I am um, and that it will work. And I'm like, no, okay. it won't. This is not <laughs> cool. how it does. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I definitely think, like, you know, it, it comes from a lot of different experiences that I've had, like, whether it's been acting, directing, editing, like, I, I've sort of worked in both pre, you know, production and post and, mm-hmm. and done it all. So, I think there's, like, that advantage, but then, you know, no one likes being told they're wrong. Yeah. And it's the worst thing to be, like, how do you handle? Like, yeah, like, what do you do with that information? Yeah. And it's kind of like you, you just have to deal with it. I don't know. It's a very weird sort of thing because you're like okay well I'm involved in this now yeah so I kind of if there's no you kind of can't be too precious about it I mean if there's something that so from like an actor's perspective if there's something that like you really want and that you feel is like gonna help either you or the production Mm. then you can fight for it great no worries but if there's like no wiggle room and they're just shutting you kind of just have to go okay because it's like at the end of the day it's like not up to you sort of thing like you're just you're you're a hired body to bring to life a story that someone else has made and that's and that's fine but you kind of you can't get too in your head about it otherwise you're going to be like yeah i mean a hundred percent and i think that people get very like rigid in what they think the story needs to shape like and i think it also goes back to when you're writing a script and drafting Mm. phrases and everything and i've sat through multiple drafts Mm. and when you read the first draft you're like this is terrible Mm -hmm. this is always going to be terrible it's the first draft is just idea dump and then you refine and you refine and you refine but i do think that you know like it's the achilles heel as well because when you're you know if you're an actor who's been at the beginning of a project and you've read like you know something like 20 different drafts it, it can be annoying mm-hmm. it can be annoying as a creative to be like where's the story going or how many drafts do i need to really read yeah before i understand like before yeah, it's just give it to me when it's done done <laughs> um but i mean it depends like also i think i think because i'm one of those people who loves knowing all the process and everything mm-hmm. i think it's like that's my obsession not everyone's the same as me i yeah. acknowledge that <laughs> so my really good friends just say to me it's like just tell me what it does yeah just tell me when to turn up give yeah, me I what know. i need to read yeah. thank you so much bye yeah <laughs> love them dearly they criticize me because i'm very over eager <laughs> um but yeah it's it's one of those things that i think when you do love a process and you do love story stories particularly or you do love you know expanding ideas then you know there's certain opportunities that you know i think I've definitely given people that necessarily they never would have been given Mm. on actual television sets or, you know, like Mm -hmm. film sets because they've, you know, they're like, oh, casting directors see me as a particular look. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, cool. That's nice. What do you want? Yeah. What do you you want want to do? do? Yeah. yeah, Give you a science fiction character. Give you a horror character. Like give you a villain role. Yeah. What's something you've always wanted to do? Let's make that thing. Yeah. Great. And I think that, um, you know, people really forget that. Like mm. they, 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 so that's kind of the thing I love about directing. That's yeah. my like <laughs> slice of the pie. Yeah, that's so fun. I really would like to give it a go. My friend Tim, he's an incredible director and I look up to him so much. Um, and we work on quite a few projects together and everything. And watching the way that he and my friend Brandon is the same, the way that they interact with people and the way that they guide people into not what, the director wants but like what the story needs is very Mm. very inspiring and i would love to like do that because i'm because the unit that i'm working on at uni at the moment is script writing which is very funny 
um because that's all I do all day um (laughs) so I'm like I'm done um so being able to like create a script from nothing and like go through that whole process and then thinking about it in the long term of like who am I going to cast in this yeah who am I going to get to help me how am I going to direct it yeah like because that's something that I want to have a go at doing and why not with my own project? Like, that would be so fun. A hundred percent. It's just, like, more, like, skills and more things and, like, try- maybe I'll hate it. Maybe I'll be like, fuck directing. I don't want to do that ever again. It sucks. Or I'll be like, oh, put my little director hat on, get myself a chair, I'm ready to go. You know, like, I don't know. So it's just, like, one of those things of, like, just playing, just having yeah. a play. And that's so fun about being creative. It's just playing with stuff. I think it's also, like... um with and particularly with like directing or script writing or anything, you are studying the score, a story as you say from scratch, and then I think like that's the thing I love about directing as well is like guiding the story because what a script tells you and then what actually ends up on screen or like you know mm. uh, um you know if it's ready play on audio or anything is different to what the script initially for sure like outline is because tonally. It depends who you cast, mm-hmm. you know, and then like what it, flavor that they bring as well. Yeah, and you constantly can't be like a hundred percent in your vision. Like you mm-hmm. can't be like I'm locked everything off because it could be budgetary restraints. It could be like a whole bunch of different things. And I think that one of the things, the challenges that have come across is definitely after casting and after every sort of decision you've made. Um, is kind of pinpoints to the end result and Mm. then and I think that you know it's so interesting as well because I feel like there is um I've worked with a lot of different people and a lot of different like um you know technical people as well and I think there's always pros and cons to everyone you work with you know Mm. like um but like any business yeah I know but when you find the people who love making the things that you love making yeah you're like (gasps) Hello. Yeah, no, Yay. and, and uh, you're like, I'm giving you a <laughs> Um Yeah, it's like you just, you get excited. And I think that there's always like team members and, and performers and, and people that I know. And I'm like, oh, hands down. Doesn't matter the project. I'll just be like, nah, you come, you come and do something. Yeah, and, because you're going to bring something that I yeah, love. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, when it's, when it's very similar visions, mm. um, like I'm a big horror fan. I'm a big, like, um, but it was like, uh, you know, the prime example of like the Jenga trailer, mm-hmm. which I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. I think with that, I wrote that so long ago and like ever since I conceived it, I was like, cool. I've written an outline for a lot of jokes <laughs> that could either work or fail. But you know what I'd also love is people to bring their own to this yeah. because it's so interpretive to how sure. you perform. And also, like, what people suggest, because I was always imagining filming that over two days mm-hmm. and people going, cool, I have a great idea for a shot. Let's do it. Done. Right. Like, just flowing with it because the more, because it's a trailer and it can be, like, two minutes length. Yeah. It can be as ludicrous and as much filmed and, you know, you just grab a few lights and, you know, yeah, you light. Yeah, just put it all together and see what all, happens. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's half the fun because it mm. makes me feel like back in the days when I used to watch College Humor or something yeah. on YouTube and the ridiculousness that they filmed stuff yeah. in, like, you know, their backyard or, you know, there's a bunch of comedy sketches they watched. It was just, like, low-budget, funny, silly, goofy yeah. time. and I feel like people forget that now with, you know, like... People are quite serious. Yeah, they are. Which is wild to think about when... Like, I'm a comedian, so that's, <laughs> like, my... That's, like, my main situation, I guess, and, like, a lot of the things that I'm being... Quirky comedian girl. Um, 
I think it's just this haircut, to be perfectly honest with <laughs> me. It's the only thing they're laughing at. Yeah, they're like, Lord Farquaad. But like, <laughs> um, you know, like. I'm amazed that name passed. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, so funny. Shout out to DreamWorks. <laughs> Imagine the meetings they had and just went, our kid's going to get this. You know what? who this will be funny for? Adults. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you look at, you know, like comedy stuff or like little sketches and stuff and you can kind of tell when it's not like a playful time and people have taken it really seriously. Yeah. And you're like, just, just get weird, man. Like just get a little, have a little silly, get the sillies out. Go nuts. Yeah. Because like, that's where some of like your best work comes from is just, I think at least, because, you know, going back to collaboration, a lot of sort of things that you can kind of work on um, in like the comedy sense is um improv so i'm a big like improv comedian Mm. um and a lot of the like so when i did comedy festival i was doing a play and you know i just off the cuff like probably because i forgot my dialogue sorry (laughs) nathan and chloe that was my bad um (laughs) but you know like i would just improvise these jokes and they're Mm. like great let's add them in they're like we we didn't think of that because Mm. that's not in our wheelhouse or like that's not something that would come into anyone else's brain but yours and that's really really important i think in just like in general but also in like a creative sort of industry way is like there are certain ideas that will only come into your brain Mm. and that is so valuable to a project or to a group of people or to who you are doing your creative thing and like embrace that and like get it out get it from your brain out of your mouth and let's see what happens let's see what sticks because it's like that's so valuable and it's like you're giving something that no one else has seen or no one else has thought of and it could work or it could be a total piece of shit and that's fun and that's that happens to me quite a lot and that's okay yeah (laughs) but yeah it's like it's so exciting when you're doing that collaboratively and like doing just silly goose things yeah and i think it's like um you know, people forget it when they take everything so, mm. so seriously. Like, and I think we're all, and, and especially in this day and age, trying to make films that go into festivals and go into, like, big Fit things. Fit into that box, box or the parameter. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I've had, the, every time I suggest a film to some people, they go, oh, so what festivals? And I'm like, I haven't even thought that far ahead. <laughs> I I was just thinking, do you do you want to have a laugh? Yeah. Like, I haven't got the cast down. I haven't even got a script. I've yeah. got this brief idea. <laughs> I have a thought process. <laughs> Would you like to join? Oh, no, it's not, it might not win me an Oscar. <laughs> Great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you think always like that, you're never going to do anything. Mm. It's, it's so specific. Um, and And it's also very subjective. And yes. I think, like, you know, my, uh, people that I know get very bogged down by reviews. And, I mean, this happened to me also. Um, you get sort of, you. I mean, you try not to, but it's the sick part of your brain. You're like, oh, my God, about me? I'm going to read about me. I love me. Oh, have they, you ever typed yourself into Google? Absolutely. Of course I have. Yeah. <laughs> Are you insane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, you read a review and it's, you know, some of it's positive or some of it's not positive, And you're like, oh, like you're attacking me and my art and what I've worked my yeah. whole life to do and you're just a critic, you're just a journalist, you're just a whoever. But then you step away from it and you're like, it's just a person doing their job, like you're just doing your job and it's all subjective. 
So it's like, I mean, it's like watching a cooking show, right? So you're watching MasterChef and you're like, oh, that looks really good. And the judge is like, this tastes like shit. I hate this meal. And you're like, oh my God, what do you mean? Ow. <laughs> but it's like, there's nothing to do with you. No. And like, one person could love it. One person's like, this is the greatest meal I've ever had in my life. I'm like, God, yes. And then the other person's like, what the fuck? I hate this. Yeah. Get away from me. Never cook this meal for any living human being again. Mm. And it's just like, it's all subjective and you kind of have to take take everything with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah. And not get like too bogged down in things being really negative. I mean, sometimes they are, but <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> oh, 100%. And I think that some people are like, oh my God. This is my self-worth tied up in this three-star review that I got in a back catalogue magazine thing. Yeah. You're like, don't worry about it. You know what I learned not to give a shit out, um, mm. shit about is IMDb ratings. Yeah. It's like... And a lot of the time it's just people with like, I mean, not everybody. Obviously, there are some like very valuable things on there, but you can kind of tell when it's just people that have nothing else to do. Yeah. And you're like, okay. So you hated it because like... There was too many explosions. Cool. Watch something else. Don't watch an action movie. Yeah, I know. It's it's also like, you know, everyone comparing themselves on the star meter and, you know, mm. and, and stuff like that. But also, like, I have not worked on a project. I don't think that, you know, has... I remember one, um, uh, like, video that I did for a friend got a, quite a few views and was positively received. But, I mean, like... When you compare yourself to getting laurels or, like, you know, how many awards... And, you know, people talk about awards constantly. Mm. And they're like, oh, my recognition has been seen. I'm like, that's lovely. But I think, you know, some of the best films that I've seen and some of my friends have done have been done by themselves. Like, mm. you know, whether it's out of lockdown or anything like that. Like, um, you know, you you know people do really well. But I think when you're constantly going, IMDb, everyone thinks it's shit. Or mm. YouTube comments tell me I'm shit. And I'm mm. like... They've got nothing, as you say, they've got nothing better to do yeah. than just complain. And it's like, or, cool. Yeah. It, you know, like I was um, I was in a web series and there were lots of comments from people and not all of them were very nice. Like, And, you know, they would DM me very unhelpful, very not very nice things that were very gross. And you're like, okay, one, don't. <laughs> just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of it was just unnecessary. But then you're like, why are they saying these things? Like, what is it that has potentially come up, like activated something within them to cause them to feel this way? Or is it just because they've got nothing better to do? Like, are you projecting something out that they didn't feel comfortable Mm. seeing or that they weren't ready to see? Or... Are they just a troll? <laughs> you know, and also it goes back to that measuring of success as well when you were saying about like laurels and awards and things is like because there's no – I was explaining this to – or I was having this conversation with my mum not that long ago about there's no real like parameters for creativity, which is amazing and there shouldn't be because yeah. creativity is absolutely unhinged. But – you know, there's no kind of definite thing like like if you have maybe like an office job, for example, which we've all had, um, you're like, okay, so I've started here. I got a promotion. I got a raise. I got another promotion. I'm now doing this. This is my title. Yeah. You don't have that with creativity necessarily. You're not like, 
okay, well, I've done a film, I've done another film, I'm on TV, I'm back doing theatre, I won an award, or I didn't do any of those things, I'm just doing whatever it is that you're doing. Like, there's no indication of, like, success or, like, how well you're going, so it's, like, something you have to, like, self-regulate, I suppose, and it's like, cool, you got some awards, that's great, I love that for you, amazing, recognition, yes, but that shouldn't be the only measure or the only kind of um in indicator of how well you're doing because it's like you can win no awards and no one gives a shit like in that sense but you've got people from norway and like indonesia being like oh my god i saw you in this thing how amazing is that and you're like i'm mr worldwide i've made it baby (laughs) it's like everyone's looking at my face now yeah like i've got i've i've managed to for lack of a better word, like touch someone in yeah. in that creative way for something that I did as a piss take, yeah. for example. And you're like, oh my God, how good's that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, I think it's like the same thing. And I was having this discussion, you know, because it, it, it's kind of like the thing that I battle with all the time about like original content and mm. copyrighted content and when you're making you're making things that are like, you know, obviously because, um, and everyone's heard it about on the podcast, but like when, uh, when I do my doctor, like individual yeah. stuff online, mm-hmm. there's this big, there is a community there, uh, but then Huge. like I've worked on some episodes with people who've never watched the show under a million years. And I'm like, cool, that's mm-hmm. fine. I'll give you a brief rundown. But then. <laughs> How um, much time do you have? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Five minutes. Okay, cool. I'll give you a sentence. Um, but then also at the same time, I've I've had, um, you know, other projects that, you know, like haven't seen as, you know, been seen as many as the ones, you know, that I've done, which already have a fan base. Like, mm. so I do think, and I think I always tell, especially with those projects, I tell actors and I tell people who are, you know, first time working in, it's like, this is probably gonna you know not break a bank this is probably mm. not gonna be like oh, you know everyone's We're gonna see you yeah it's they're gonna have a f- fun time you're gonna have a fun yeah. day you're gonna film something you go home you're like it's literally <laughs> just the coolest thing yeah um but i think when people take that as a very serious job i'm like that's when you take the fun element out because mm. like obviously you know as performers we always want to do our best or you know as yeah. creators we want to do our best but I'm at the end of the day, these projects that I do, especially those ones, which, you know, I know there's going to be no profit return or anything, mm. are the ones that I'm like, yes, how could I technologically or think outside the box mm. normally and throw challenges that if, like, say someone was paying me yeah. to do a big thing and they want it specifically, I'm not going to think out of their curriculum box. Like, yeah. I'm going to stay within my parameters. Yeah. And these are projects that I don't have to do that. And yeah. But then people go, oh. You know, I've worked with people who go, that's a lot of effort. I'm like, yeah, but when do you get this level of creative freedom? Like, For sure. You know, they- when do you get the opportunity to play this much on your own terms and create the way that you want to? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, when we're given that much power and people just don't know what to do with it because they're, they're so used to the, like, the, the regimented. Mm. They're um, overwhelmed. Yeah. And, yeah. And then they're like, I need 10 minutes to think about it. I'm like, you've got five. <laughs> <laughs> You've got less. Um, Do heaps less, think quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I think. But I I definitely think, like, we've we've got one shoot day up in October, um, and I I know that. I I talked to my DOP, and I was like, cool, um, it's going to be like a play. We're going to sort of, like, have a lot of shots that 
move into another shot, not just all rigid, like, you know, you're not going to just lock it off and mm. sit there. Um, and he was like, cool, okay, done. And I was like, cool, you know, someone who's not just, you know, going to point, yeah, <laughs> point and point shoot. shoot. <laughs> I hate that mentality where you're not challenging yourself to mm. always structure. And especially when it's a long script. Like, yeah. we, we've got nine, we've got ten pages to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's with seven characters. That's a lot of characters. Yeah. So it is essentially is you have to keep moving. And, you know, in one day we're filming it all. And that, like while dialogue is pretty easy to film, it, you know, when you're on a roll, you can keep moving with a situation and, and it does speed things up. But mm-hmm. um, I do fundamentally think that, you know, like, you do, oh, it has to be, you know, when we learn the basic principles of filmmaking, everyone's like, your master shot, your mm. close-ups. I'm like, that is cool and everything, but it's also very generic. Like, let's give it a bit of variety. Let's... Yeah, let's see what we can come yeah. up with. Yeah. Because, again, like you – oh, sorry. My, sorry if you guys heard that. That was my stomach rumbling. I didn't even hear it. Oh. Did you hear that? No. Oh, wow. That's very loud to me. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, I think also it's like it's a good base to start from. But then it's like, what, yeah, it goes back to that thing of like, what can you bring? Like, what what have you seen that I may have missed because I'm doing 78 other different things in this project, which I think is cool as well. Because you're like, oh, DOP, you've got some ideas. Bring them forth. Let's see. Let's have a go. Let's just like, let's just throw some shit to the wall, see what sticks. And then we'll like go with that yeah because you can always refine in the edit yeah or you can just film it again exactly (laughs) so crazy to think digital but you can just do it again you know you know what though my favorite is working with um love some of my actors who have been involved but because of the pandemic and stuff they're like i've been able to film with them which is fantastic because they were going to go overseas Mm. but now i realized we could only do like one or two days with them so i'm really like like rigid to time constraints i'm like well i've been not fucking up like (laughs) but actually do a good job (laughs) so that's like the only stress is when people are like leaving the country yeah and you're like fuck just stick around like just stay here i know you want a career over somewhere else but now fuck it like just (laughs) hang out with me i'm the best (laughs) (laughs) but i think also like in terms of you know like being creative is is also a business and this goes back to the modeling thing that's only just popped back into my head now is like people forget that as a creative person you are a business and you are working to time constraints or you're working to a budget or you're working to parameters that are outside of your control or like a health thing or deadlines or whatever and so it's kind of like in the back of your mind that's always there do you find that that when you're like creating something because I do because I'm like well I am a business so it's like I need to be as healthy as possible all the time otherwise I can't do my job and then like what are you gonna do it was it was one of the biggest stresses so at the beginning of the year I um you know did a massive leg injury i I tore my leg um um, my meniscus in my leg which is a (gasps) ligament um are you okay now yeah i'm fine now okay i'm about to do a bridge climb this afternoon so what do you fucking do (laughs) i will not be joining because that absolutely terrifies me i do okay sorry sidebar so many people have said to me are you gonna do the bridge climb when you're in sydney i was like i have a fear of heights why would i do that why would i respect that why would i subject why would i subject my my mind and body to walking (laughs) up a very breezy thing and i'm strapped in with a 
fucking carabiner. Are you joking? <laughs> what are you saying? It's pure. <laughs> I will blow away. My God. <laughs> ah! Like, it's insane. I mean, I, m- many kudos and much respect to you that you're going on a bridge climb. Um, but good grief. <laughs> I know, right? Good grief. Um, it was Emily's birthday gift to me, so you know we were meant to do it in February, and then my leg went. So <laughs> yeah, fuck. sorry. Go back to your leg. I'm so yeah, sorry. I <laughs> so I had a I had a leg injury, and then all my schedule for this year had to be pushed. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think you know I I had a lot of friends who were kind of like, oh, can't you work around your leg? And I'm like, no, no. I think that you, yeah, as someone who was being able bodied for a majority of their mm. life and had this injury suddenly means they can't walk yeah. and they can't do anything independently mm-hmm. for however, I think it was like eight weeks, I couldn't do anything. So, like two months yeah. of my life was basically, ther- uh, you know, um, physio and then, you know, um, doctor's appointments and everything. So, you know, I was going through the works. And then, you know, I think about everyone who's like, you know, actually does that on a, a, like a daily, daily basis, basis, you know, their own like um, lives where it is an ailment hmm. um, or a condition that they've got. And um, yeah, it was just, it was very eye opening, but also it did make me, you know, feel very judgmental of able-bodied people go, oh, you could just work around. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't think you know how I feel right yeah. now, but sure, fuck you. Well, yeah, it's like I... A couple of years ago, I slipped a disc in my back and I didn't know that I'd slipped a disc in my back. I thought I'd just pulled a muscle. Um, <laughs> turns out I didn't. So I was... <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Classic. So I was um, pretty much unable to do anything for six months. Like I couldn't walk by myself. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't able to like sit properly. Like I couldn't do anything. So it, Jesus. Yeah. So you're very... And then people were like, oh, we need you to like model this thing. Like, can you come shoot this thing with us? Like... I just need you to film this tape really quickly or whatever. And I was like, I can barely like function. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it, it kind of, it sounds awful to say, but it is very eye opening um, to kind of understand because obviously like being, a, as you said, able-bodied for the majority of my life, you, you don't understand on a first hand you can you can empathize and you can be like I I see how this is difficult yeah. for you, but I I've, I don't have that lived experience, so I no. can't comment to your experience because it's inappropriate and rude. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and yeah. So it's kind of it's very sort of like selfish way of from other people at least being like oh well you can just like work around it or you can it, it'll take like five minutes or like it's okay like don't worry about it. we'll get you a chair. And it's yeah. like, bro, I can't sit in a chair. You joking? It's like my back is in agony, but yeah. sure. Yeah, I was like, I was literally hunched over like like that. Like oh. it was like fully, like I was probably like five, it's because I'm 5'10", so I, I shrunk down to like 5'7", because oh. I couldn't stand up straight. It was insane. <sighs> Did you have to have surgery? No. I just had a lot of physio. Yeah. And Valium. <laughs> How good is Valium? Shout out to Valium. Yeah, I know. It's so good. Um, this isn't an endorsement, by the way. Only use it if you need it. No, please don't use it unless you need it. But it is very good. Uh, no, I definitely think that like um, when I left the hospital, they were like, here's some endone. And I'm like... Endone sucks. My, I I had an endone um, because I, I was in so much pain. I, it was horrific. And I was in my room on my bed and my brother, he's a paramedic and he came to check on me and he was like, how are you doing? And I was like, 
I can't feel my body, but my brain is awake. And he's like, what? I was like, help me. Because <laughs> I was like zonked out of my mind and I just like couldn't feel anything. He's like, okay, it's kicking in. And I was like, I hate it here. <laughs> because I was like still fully conscious, but it was like having sleep paralysis. Like I just couldn't move. Wow. Okay. That's kind of scary. And I was like, hello. And then I went to sleep. He's like, I talked to you for five minutes. I was like, what did I say? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I think you were delirious. Yeah, he's like, you were just like zonked on another planet. He's like, I have no idea what you said. He's like, you just kept talking at me and then you just fell asleep straight away. And then I just left you because <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was like, you're a medical professional. <laughs> this is your job. Yeah. And you failed. Help me. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, yeah, she'll be right. <laughs> He's like, oh, she's sleeping to worry about it. <laughs> like, nice to know what he's like at work. No, he's great. He's he's a great he's a great medical professional. But he was just like, ah, she'll be right. You're my sister. You're okay. <laughs> he's like, I came back to check on you later, and you were just like, yeah. <laughs> and then I left. <laughs> That's the best reenactment of usually. What can I say? Acting. <laughs> Years of training. <laughs> Method. <laughs> you joke, yet. True. True. <laughs> um, I think that's a perfect point to wrap us up. Yeah, I like, I like that that's how this ends, is me being like <laughs> catatonic and you being like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good. That's the energy we need to leave the, the people with. <laughs> I mean, I came in pretty much um, off the rails, so... Yeah, I know. This is going to sound really bad. I'm actually a very calm, semi-normal person most of the time. I'm very relaxed. I'm very... I think it's because you're feeding off my cookie energy. I think so, which is nice, I must say. Yeah. Considering I have no idea what suburb I'm in. (laughs) I have no idea where I am, what I'm doing. This state is crazy. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Very happy to be here. I'm glad. (laughs) You're like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> What's happening? Hello. <laughs> Help me. Mom, come get me. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, my God. My viewers are going to be so concerned. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm having a great time. That's good. This is just, a, we're all silly. Having a silly, silly time. I just licked my mic. <laughs> like I said, we're all having a very silly time. <laughs> um, Dom. Where can people find you on the wonderful internet? Where can they stalk you? On the line. So you can find me at Dominic Shields, D-O-M-I-N-I-K-S-H-I-E-L-D-S dot com. Um, and I have a variety of things on there. Acting, modeling. My books are for sale on there. I have a little writing program that's on there as well if you want to mm. hang out with me um, online or in real life if you're in Melbourne. Um, and my Instagram handle is D-O-M-M-E-R-G-H-Z. Dumbers. <laughs> Dumbers. I fucking love that. <laughs> it was, yeah, I don't know why that that was a nickname that I decided to create for myself, but here we are. We're all alive in 2014. It's okay. <laughs> is that how old that name is? I think so. Yeah. It's been a hot moment. I have an old email address called the center of the universe at hotmail.com. Oh my God. And I don't know why I created I created that when I was like 15. Was Do you like, still have the password? Fucked if I know. <laughs> I was going to say, just start using it. It could be yeah. your new business email. <laughs> that would be Ooh. amazing. Interesting. I could, 
I don't know how many people think I'm an, like a true egotistic person now, but it's not at all true. I hope you've had a great time. I've had the best time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you. Thank you for traveling all the way down from Melbourne for up, a holiday. Up? Down? Up, sorry. Up, yeah, yeah, geographically. Get your act together. Oh, it's fine. We're creative, not cartographers. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> I didn't. I failed geography. I'd like you to know. <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> so I <don't> Shock. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very I'm just kidding. That was really savage. Love you. Um, uh, it was very fun. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you all enjoyed listening. It was very fun to chat with you. Thank you. And I hope everyone had a fun episode listening to our little weird <laughs> conversation. And if you want to go and listen to plenty more weird conversations, you can check out more episodes of The Things We Do. They're available on Apple and Spotify. I'll be speaking with another guest next week. And I'll speak to your weird people later. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>